0: good afternoon on a selection sunday michael rogner selection sunday and for golf fans out there which y'all long-time listeners of, of this podcast would know that both of us are our golf fans selection sunday and pga championship sunday and lose an hour of sleep sunday as we go back to the awful daylight savings time um so lots of, lots of stuff going on michael how are you doing
1: i'm doing great we got uh you know, Florida State is obviously not involved with selection Sunday. They're also got no players in the in the players' championship. So it's kind of a, a Florida State free day, but but yeah, still exciting sports day
0: there are I, my wife sent me an article um the academy awards are also today and uh there are apparently five fsu alumni who have a a very strong connection to or a producer or whatever writer on on a movie that is up for an award the academy awards i guess three of the animated films and then also the uh is it like everything everywhere all the time movie i not i haven't seen it but no. um yeah. So th- there you go. If you want to see FSU alumni doing something, tune into the uh, self-congratulatory award show being hosted later tonight uh, yeah. with the Academy Awards. So um, are are you watching the p I, We're actually recording during the PGA. You have it on like another screen or something? You know I I mean? do, yeah, I do.
1: Yeah. As we speak, Scotty Scheffler is is kind of in control, but Terrell Ter- Ter- Hatton made a, made a late run and he's in the clubhouse two shots back. So we'll see.
0: I am really happy. He's not in the top five or ten or anything, but I am really happy to see uh, Ricky Fowler kind of like mm-hmm. coming back and and just making it back from I don't know an awful mental case of the yips or whatever, like a multi year case of the yips. And Jason Day kind of coming yep. back too. Uh-huh. I'm pleased. I'm pleased. I'm hoping the Masters should be good. I think it'll be a good good tournament. Absolutely. Um, when it so. Let's talk a little bit about uh Florida State's final game. The season ended. The se- the season mercifully came to an end on a foul with 0.02 seconds left and and I feel like that is a really appropriate way for for Florida State to lose. An offensive rebound uh wow. is a really appropriate way for Florida State to to have its final or its season come to an end. What do you think of the Georgia Tech game, Michael?
1: Well, I kind of asked jokingly in the game thread if it was okay to root for Georgia Tech. Um, some people didn't take that too kindly, but but that's sort of where I was at on the season is, is let's just get this thing over with so that we can get on to something interesting like, you know, does Ham keep his job? What sort of transfers do we get? Um, the game itself, you know, is... It was, you know, pretty. They played well
0: at stretches. Yeah,
1: they did play well at stretches, which is nice to see. the The last shot that we had, I thought was great. You know, wide open three for Darren Green. Mm-hmm. I did not. Mm-hmm. I was not thrilled that we did not try to go two for one. Not that I was surprised at all. Uh, but we got the ball back with like a minute and didn't even, you know, attempt a, a two for one. Yeah. Which yeah. and it was tied out, at that point, right? Yeah, it was sixty to sixty. So yeah, turns out, right. turns out, kind of a bad kind of a bad thing so
0: yeah between that and the the game against clemson where we fouled I, I like that we fouled, but fouled way, way too early. Yep. Uh, was, wasn't was a good year for, for in-game yeah. situations. And then you throw in all the two foul. Participants. Speaking of the game thread, I was joking with some folks. It, what, okay, so we have the series of sprained ankles in the Georgia Tech game, which, again, very appropriate for the seasons. Mm-hmm. just like, oh, why don't we just have a few more injuries? Is that Because we haven't seen enough of those. Um, and, and I asked in the game thread, you know, if – if we had so many injuries that we were only down to five scholarship players, would Hamilton still sit one of them if he got two fouls? And I thought, uh, I can't remember who asked it, but one some, one of our uh, longtime commenters uh, asked like, well, who is it? Yeah. Like right. Chandler Jackson. Yeah. He probably sits him. He probably, he's yeah. probably rolled for Chandler Jackson gets that second foul. Um so I thought that was that was some good stuff. We we actually did have more than five scholarship players, so that was that was a plus. But
1: yeah, yeah. I'm uh, looking, I'm looking actually at our two foul participation. Just uh, I haven't checked it out. We were three. We finished 307th hmm. in the country, which is way higher than usual because usually we're we're right around 350. Yeah. Or how many ever teams there are, we're we're that team. Yeah, um, but we're all the way up to 307 this year because it's because I guess because of the injuries. Because, yeah, because of the injuries. So, yeah.
0: so yeah, so between the Clemson game and not going two for one here and the two foul participation, I don't know if I would say that we are really living into the metrics the same way mm-hmm. that uh, Mike Norble does, for instance, with his fourth down math. Although, if you've seen anything lately about that, I found it interesting that we. Go for th- fourth down last year. Florida State football went for it on fourth down, I think, more than anyone else in the ACC or close to more, uh, which is great. Hey, that's what the math says. Math would say play fl- players with two fouls, too. Uh, ironically, we actually didn't convert, <laughs> I think we were like last in the ACC at converting uh, fourth, fourth down. So I don't know, both, both sports maybe need to uh, figure some stuff out there. But um, speaking of Chandler Jackson, who has not played with two fouls at all this year uh I thought he continued to look nice he continues to make strides and you're thinking to yourself we got yourself a real a real basketball player here and Cam Corin, I mean that's a pretty nice freshman combination from what I saw let's call it in the last five games of the season
1: yeah Chandler I remember when we were when he first committed and I said that if he stays here four years he's like a jersey in the rafters kind of player and first half of the season i was like okay well that was a really bad bad thing to say but he did yeah i did have a thumb injury but i think we really saw how he could be valuable in the future as that big guard who can post up smaller guards you know they use them quite a bit in the post you know the similar same way that they use terrence Mann, um and it's it's uh and he ended up shooting what, like thirty eight percent from three. Well, your- that's <laughs> actually what I was going to say.
0: I did not expect. I mean, Cam or Chandler had a very similar uh, profile to Trent Forrest coming in as like a, a phenomenal high school scorer and leader. I think. I think both Trent and Chandler might have won you know, Mr. Basketball in their state, Chandler was Tennessee Train like led their team to a state title their senior year. And they were prolific scorers, but not necessarily shooters. Right. And, and I, you know, you'd think like, well, like most Florida state players under understand Jones, that'll, that'll come in time. I mean, he, he made 12 of 32, uh, which, and, and again, he played only, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to look at the number here. He only played 27% of our minutes. So 12 of 32 is not a bad number at all. Mm -hmm. In fact, if you go to Trent Forrest, uh, Trent Forrest is, it took him till his senior year to make his 12th three. He was one of eight his freshman year, three of 14 his sophomore year, seven of 30 his junior year. He finally made his 12th career three during his senior year when he kind of had a, a 16 for 57 sort of outburst. But I mean, so Chandler Jackson's already a a much more effective three-point shooter mm-hmm. than Trent Forrest. And if he can kind of grow the leadership and the playmaking that some, I mean, you're talking about a pretty, pretty nice piece.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's physically imposing in, in a different way than Trent was, you know, Trent was kind of long and, and super disruptive and Chandler's just beefy and and can you know, bully people. So it's great to have that in, in your point guard. And then you, you also mentioned Cam Corin, and I think he's the, the sort of the quiet, uh, uh, you know, really encouraging thing to happen this season is he wasn't supposed to play very much at all. And he got forced into playing. And it turns out that by the end of the season, he was really good. And I think that, you know, if he's here next year, then he, him and Chandler could, could be a really fantastic sophomore duo and if, you know, if we're throwing it out there, you know, the, the two of them with Baba, then you got three really good sophomores and that's something you can build around.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Corrin uh, our most, our most efficient offensive player on the team by the metric offensive rating. He he was the most efficient. Uh, he's also the best offensive rebounder at, it actually might be Cameron Fletcher, but he only played ten games, unfortunately, with injuries, and so it's hard to really uh, measure that. But Cam Corn of the people that played the bulk of the season, um, the best offensive rebounder, and you know, surprise, you know, for a big man, he shot seventy nine percent from the free throw line. So, uh, that, and it, and he got there a, a good amount. Mm. So that's that's those are all for a freshman, really nice things. Um, I was talking with. Max and a few people at the um at Chris over at uh 247 um you know he he kind of he he does not have the explosiveness and he does not have the length but if you look at the skill set that Bam Adebayo has for the Miami Heat mm-hmm. if if People who who like the heat, he, you know, Bam was an All American at Kentucky. The skill set, the ability to pass out of the post, the ability to shoot a three, the ability to knock down free throws, the ability to get um, to kind of defend multiple positions. He he is a less explosive. He's a non-lotto pick, <laughs> Bam <laughs> out of bio. Like yeah. and, and so that you know you could do worse than have you know that probably means he can't go pro right now, or maybe even next year, because he doesn't quite have the same kind of length and explosiveness that it's almost a prerequisite to defend in the NBA. So um, yeah, maybe you have a couple guys who stay for two, three years, particularly if you can find some NIL money for them.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and he is, uh, I think going to rely on, you know, shooting is his path to the NBA and he just, it just, it looks, his shot looks good, but he's clearly not there. You know, same same thing can be said for Baba. Like his shot looks good, but it's but he's clearly not consistent in any in any way. Um, so those are those are there. You know, those things that they really need to work on. But then Corin is also that center that, you know, we've been complaining in recent years that Ham is recruiting guys who just don't fit the system, mm-hmm. and and Cam's Corin's the you know the center that we need if we are going to play you know if we're truly going to switch one through five and commit to that you know you need you need someone like corn in the middle you do you do and
0: and his shot's not there i mean he's a freshman that like you said wasn't even expected to necessarily play 40 percent of our minutes he almost played 60 percent of the minutes but uh i had a i had a golden state scout that i sat new next time sat next to one time uh picking his brain a bit and he said the most um the most predictive stat to see if a guy who's young, we're not talking about 28 year olds. We're talking about 18, 19, 20 year olds. The most predictive stat on, can they develop a three pointer is can they shoot free throws? Uh, And Cam corn, you know, and that was really last year, Matthew Cleveland. That was why last year, Matthew Cleveland was an undraftable prospect Mm -hmm. because NBA teams are looking at, well, not only is he not making threes, he's not even shooting free throws. Um, Cam corn's 80%. So yeah. while he is only 29, 30 percent from three right now, you know, that according to one NBA scout or probably more than that, um, that at least is something that they would they would look at and they would say, we think we can at least develop a shot like mm-hmm. there. Now, again, he maybe doesn't have the athleticism, but I would say that Stan Jones is seeing the same thing, that this is a kid yeah. who can develop that shot because look at his free throw stroke.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned he played 60% of the minutes, which is more than Snare, more than Scotty Barnes, more than Patrick Williams, you know, more than Jason Rich, more than Aaron Thomas, MJ Walker, Terrence Mann. Like he, he played a lot as a freshman, and and there's only four in Ham's tenure that have played more as a freshman. So More than Jason just... Rich surprises me because that yeah. guy was not yeah. – he didn't come
0: into a talented, loaded mm-hmm. team, and he was a yeah. pretty good talent. That surprises me. Wow, that's yeah. a good stat. So uh, what Isaac probably played Isaac's the
1: exact played the exact same number of minutes
0: yeah
1: um XRM uh, bacon bacon and Bacon's buddy was Beasley yeah
0: and, be, and again they came into a very a not good team mm-hmm. yeah right so XRM Isaac Bacon and Beasley were the only ones that that didn't play they played more minutes
1: um isaac played the same amount chris singleton played played more
0: oh chris singleton well yeah yeah, he's maybe the most college ready freshman (laughs) we've brought in ever yeah i mean that dude was like the best defensive player as soon as he stepped foot foot on campus
1: yeah
0: um all right well good well i really i mean so so what we're saying here is is that winning nine games on the season is not good (laughs) But Chandler Jackson and Cam Corrin came out of there like the, the last part of the season. I think that is a that is a, a at least some guys you can build off of. I know Jalen Worley takes a lot of heat on the socials and the media, the, the boards and stuff. I don't know. I I thought that after Fletcher went down personally, I thought Worley was our most disruptive defender. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the stats back that up with his steal rate with just if you track deflections and stuff. I mean, he just was our most now maybe that says something about our team that Jalen Worley was our most disruptive defender but uh I, I I think there's a role for him on the team for sure I would I would want him to be a part of that and I think that Darren Green my guess is you would see him shoot a lot like he did the first half of the year uh if he wasn't playing uh let me look here just to get it 85% of our minutes for the season. So my guess is, is you would see the shooting numbers on Darren Green a lot higher if he played 65% of the minutes.
1: Right. And maybe he doesn't foul and with 2.2 seconds left against Georgia tech, if he's not tired or make a total brain fart against uh, Clemson and foul way too early on the. Yeah. Yeah. You know, When you're tired, you make bad decisions. Speaking of bad decisions and being tired. So after UCF, which is on November 11th, I think you and I both predicted that FSU would win at most eight games. Mm. They won, they won nine. So good job! It, it was it was that
0: mi- miraculous win against the regular season ACC co-champs Miami yep. down there, coming back from the greatest deficit of all time in ACC. How do you like that, Hurricanes? <laughs> <laughs> you got us our ninth win. <laughs> oh man, they're good could are they're, if they are healthy which is an if right now they're going to, they have a team built for March. Maybe we'll talk about that in the second half. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So we lost great. We didn't even make it to the like real part of the ACC tournament. We lost in the, in the play in round. Um, we wouldn't have won another game anyways, because we had Baba and Matthew Cleveland both injured their ankles. That was neat. That was a real good one. Um, Duke by far the most talented team in the ACC finally was able to do to go and win an ACC yeah. tournament.
1: Good for them.
0: Um that's that's great to see the team with all the five stars actually. You know, I think were well, they fourth in the regular season, but hey, five stars are five stars so yeah. good for them. Uh and actually again maybe we're pre- pre- previewing a later segment, but I would I would definitely say that if you want to take a team out of the ACC a little deep in the tournament, they they're playing very well right now. Um, and then, and then, Michael, the question turned to: So, would would Hamilton? It was that Hamilton's last game. And if you asked me when the Georgia Tech game ended, I would have said, you know, it might have been, it might have been, I, you know, at least fifty percent chance, like, I, you know, very well could be. And what happened over the next few days was Jim Beheim got frizz re refired re or or retired re, resign fired. I, I don't know. Um classic Jim Boeheim style. Uh Josh Pastner got fired from Georgia Tech. Uh we already knew that Mike Bray at Notre Dame was out. And and there were a number of other coaches around the southeast and and sort of like at our level maybe Wichita State, which yes, Wichita State is at our level, um, like got rid of their coach. And so there's been a lot of coaching, you know, m- announcements made and, and Florida State wasn't one of them. What what do you what, what do you think now, if I asked you, do you think Ham coaches next year?
1: I do. I think that they would have already made the announcement were he not. And we've covered this. Ad nauseum. I, in in the past, I think that it's a financial decision for Florida State. I mean, granted, Ham is a Hall of Fame coach. I don't want to take anything away from him. So is Jim Beheim. So is Jim Beheim. But at some point, uh, at some point this season, it became totally clear that Ham was not interested in winning games with his team. And I don't know that you how long you can keep a coach around that has that that kind of attitude. And he's also saying things like, you know, as long as I can walk from the from the locker room to the bench, then I'm going to stay here. And it's like, well, you know, it's not your decision on whether or not you get to stay here or not. Uh, You're making millions of dollars to win games. and, And we've had two disastrous seasons in a row. But with that said, Florida State is not in a financial position to be paying two head football coaches and two head basketball coaches, which they would have to do if they fired him. So I think, I think it's a financial decision. Um if it weren't a financial decision I think it's probably a 50/50 call for the for the athletic director but I think with because of the finances it's it's from where I sit a relatively easy call to bring him back for next year and if and if he does get fired after this airs I will be really really surprised
0: I I think you might be onto something there. I mean you're a smart guy so I I don't say that in a way, in a way of like oh my god I think you might be onto something. <laughs> wow. Um but the paying the two football coaches is big because isn't next year the last year that we're paying two football coaches Mm -hmm. yeah and and i as someone who actually went from two to six season tickets in football this year this coming year because of friends of mine that are like hey can can i know you already have tickets and can we use your account like can we get tickets and stuff my guess is is that the athletic department is going to make a lot of money in the Mm -hmm. next eight months I, i think that you're gonna see the, the city is too. You're you're gonna see some jammed packed home games for the football stadium. You're gonna see if, if they're success, if they come out and beat LSU again, or or gosh, beat LSU and then Clemson early on, you're gonna see more donations. You're gonna see a real uptick in some success there. You then take a, a coach off the books, the football, the taggers, and I, and I do think that you might be on something there, where all of a sudden you your ability to pay a buyout to go and get a better name coach in March of, of, or April of 2024 is a lot higher than it is right yeah. now. Like just a lot. I mean, just that's what it is. You, you go from maybe being able to pay a two to $3 million buyout to six, $8 million buyout, $10 million buyout. If, if you have the kind of football season that you're thinking about.
1: Yeah, and, and for people who don't pay attention, Ham makes 2.25 million and the going rate to hire a mid-major coach is three million. So yeah. he's he's already well under, you know, what you would expect someone like of his stature to be making. Um, and so when Florida State does make that commitment, they've got to be able to to not only, you know, attract the right coach, but be able to pay them significantly more than they're paying Ham. I mean, we already saw what happened with Dennis Gates, you know, over at Missouri where he signed a contract where he was making a little under $3 million a year, and then he got bumped up um, after one season at Missouri. So,
0: yeah, for any of y'all who were holding that hope that it would be Dennis Gates at FSU, uh, his buyout is now $25 million. Yeah. So, that you can stop. You can breathe on that one, yeah. uh, and his
1: and his salary just his salary is four million. So, yeah.
0: so let's put a guy who who by the way I'm probably rooting for Missouri in the NCAA tournament. Mm, I, they may
1: be my team that
0: I adopt. Uh, they play like Florida State played for most of the 20 teens. Um, a guy who I liked Dennis Gates a lot as a as a coach and also just a part. I mean, he was always willing to answer my questions uh, at games. He's never won an NCAA tournament game. I just want to put that out there. He has not maybe Thursday or Friday that changes. He has never won an NCAA tournament game. He is making almost double the amount Leonard Hamilton is making because Leonard Hamilton has been willing to kind of be on a discount salary knowing his age is not, a, it's not like a stepping stone for him. He's willing to put that into some other, you know, his assistance and stuff. Uh, and that's not going to happen Unless you go out and get a guy like Jim Larnega, like when Miami did it, you just that's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, what are you gonna do? Right. Right, right. Yeah.
1: You hire you hire the old the old guy who's gonna retire or you spend a shitload of money on a on a new young coach.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, next year, I mean, you would presume that next year then you're not competing with Georgia Tech for a coaching hire, who I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. our recruiting ground right yeah. there. You're not competing with Notre Dame in conference for a coaching hire. You're not competing with Mississippi state. Is it missing? No. Ole miss Ole miss is hiring. I think Chris Beard mm-hmm. probably yeah. You're not competing with Ole miss for, for a job. Um, you know, I, I feel like that's maybe just a better year. You're not competing with Texas tech, mm-hmm. all those teams right now, all those can outspend us.
1: And Georgia and LSU will probably not move on next year. Say they're, they have bad seasons again next year. Yeah, They're probably not going to move on on those coaches after just two seasons. So those are, Florida won't move on. Yeah. Florida won't move on. So there's some big name Southern schools that will not be hiring coaches. Alabama
0: is not going to be in the market. Right. Right. Uh, Nate Oates probably just earned himself a lifetime contract. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe Auburn, maybe Auburn, but you know, so, I mean, I, it just, I think, all that is to say, I think he might be onto something, and I think next year, for a variety of reasons, none the least of which is we've got Taylor Bowen coming in who wants to play for Coach Hamilton,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and he might be our most disruptive defender when he sets foot on campus. Yeah. I, I think that I, I think if 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 Alfred called into this podcast and said, "What do you guys think?" I think I'd say keep him another year. Yeah.
1: Did did you give him? A, did you give him our phone number? Is he? Yeah, well, I sent him a (laughs) Zoom link. I think he's gonna. I think he said he was
0: watching the golf, and he's gonna be. uh...
1: So stay tuned, people. We may be talking to the Florida State Athletic Director here any minute.
0: Yeah, yeah. That in the second segment, in the second segment. Um, Yeah, so I think that about covers maybe the first half. Uh, Well, I may ask you this: Is there any other coach? Are is there a coach that if you were to be shocked and Hamilton decided he was going to retire. Maybe, um, is there someone out there that you'd be looking at or maybe is that a, is that a, let's pot about that when we, when we get there?
1: Yeah. I mean, my, my first call, if I'm the athletic director is to to Kellen Sampson's who's, who's Kelvin Sampson's son and is the assistant or the, whatever they call the, the associate head coach at, at Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's, I think it's a total no brainer that he's going to, if he wants to, he's going to be coaching at a high major sometime in the next two years, and and if if you have the ability to get him, then you get him. Um, other than that, Dusty you know, May
0: like, down at FAU, yeah,
1: there's all those guys that are going to have good years that that say the right things that that are keep up on modern basketball and run modern offenses, and and but you just never know how any of those mid major guys are gonna are gonna fare once they get to a high major, and so I wonder, do you? Is it better to target an assistant at a big-time program as opposed to uh, someone who's proven themselves at a mid-major program? I don't, you know, there's probably not enough data out there to say one way or the other, but I'm leaning towards let's go for an assistant from a from a you know really good program.
0: I I think that's interesting. What about an assistant from the NBA? Yeah. What about Luke an assistant Parks. from the NBA yeah. who maybe played at Florida State?
1: Right, yeah. He say he could also call in. He lives right down the road from me, so maybe he'll uh,
0: actually, he, I that <laughs> might be a guy that we could get yeah. on the on the show. Uh now he's been part of a great turnaround at Sacramento, mm-hmm. so yep. might have to wait until after the NBA playoffs to get him on the show. Last time I had a conversation with Luke was last year when he was in town for they were celebrating the 2012 um mm-hmm. championship team uh, at, at at a basketball game, but yeah, he he has done a great job and got his buddy, David, Asdilke's a job mm-hmm. out there, too. So I I would put him in the mix. Um, Yeah, it'll be interesting. All right, let's go to break. And then when we come back from the break, we'll do the thing that you're supposed to do on Selection Sunday, which is talk about the NCAA tournament. Okay, we the first segment we kind of touched on Florida State and losing again for the year and then uh but some positive developments from some of the freshmen from uh maybe the younger guys on the team which is to say the team and uh and then thoughts on just hamilton coaching change and and both michael and i agreed that it seems like if it hasn't been made yet the decision that it maybe it's the decision is to stay which is probably a good thing for another year and so uh, that leads us into the NCAA tournament if you wanted a segue i can tell you that every single uh member of the fsu coaching staff will likely find themselves at at a regional or or at the final 4 um i this is a great way to find guys who might be transfers this is a great way to talk to other coaches um and so i imagine that florida state will have a a high presence there um but before maybe we talk about that what what are your thoughts michael like maybe someone is listening to this podcast thinking i just might get something that'll help me fill out my my bracket of shame uh what about what do you got what Who's your tight without seeing any brackets,
1: which will be released in a couple uh-huh. hours.
0: Who are the best three or four teams?
1: Well, if you look at um, teams that have done well in the tournament, have made the final four. So the last 80 final four teams. Um, so that's the last 20 years. Uh, half of them have had a top 10 offense heading into the tournament.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so it, it pays to be able to score. And if you look at those teams, there's some weird ones this year. Cause there's, there's some teams with really good offenses that cannot play defense like Toledo um, and Iowa. And so maybe they're not a great pick, but if you look at Arizona, um, I hate to even say Gonzaga, cause everybody thinks they're going to lose. Um, but Gonzaga, Purdue, um, UConn, I think. Is, I think UConn
0: could be I, a team, I think you, you know, can, they're going to play yeah. the whole, the whole region will probably be up in, in Albany and then Madison square garden. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would pick UConn, probably UConn and and Arizona would be my, my, my safe teams to pick without seeing it, without seeing a bracket, Arizona beat uh, UCLA last night. It's a, you know, like two o'clock in the morning in a, in a total grinder of a game. Um, And they've, they've been kind of, they're kind of like Duke in that. They have struggled maybe against teams that they shouldn't have, but it seems like they're playing good basketball at the right time. And they have, they have stars who can, who can carry a team.
0: You know, who else has a top 10 offense is Missouri. Yes. Now a lot of that is, is off of turnovers. You know, surprise, surprise. Dennis Gates is running a system that is turning teams over at a very high clip. And then Mm. they are turning those turnovers into points, but they also have Kobe Brown, who is a really, I, I mean, it would be like if beyond you, stayed for like yeah. his junior, junior, senior season. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. He's fun to watch. And, and he's another one of those guys that, that he's, he, it's not going to, he's not going to remind anybody of Cam corn, but we could put him in the middle of a switching defense and he he would be great. And then Des Moines Hodge, who would have played at Florida state had Dennis Gates, not left. He ended, he followed Dennis Gates to Cleveland state. Um, is just a, a sharpshooter and, and super fun to watch and, and boy that's three he
0: hit he... at the end of the first half against out like uh-huh. what, caught it falling out of bounds right before the buzzer went off though just a just great body control yeah. really good player
1: and then they also have nick honor who's 510 who would never ever play florida state so it's interesting to see that dennis gates is not totally committed to 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 length
0: Yeah, Uh, I'll have a stat for you for if folks are interested in in these, you know, kind of random stats that help you fill out your bracket. Every single national champion since 1993, every single one of them made at least their conference tournament semifinal. There isn't a national champ since 1993 that didn't make their conference tournament semifinal. Uh, so for this year, some of those same teams that we just talked about, uh, Arizona, UConn, Purdue, uh, Houston, Xavier, Mizzou is in that list. You've also got, um, though the, so Duke, Bama, Texas, uh, Kansas, of course, uh, they're in their conference tournament <laughs> semifinals finals every year, uh, Indiana, Miami, Virginia, TCU, so there's some other teams there that maybe if you're thinking about a stat, mm-hmm. that'll help you do something. TCU is interesting because they've been extremely good when Mike Miles is healthy and not good at all when he is not. So that might be something to to watch. Yep. Um, what about coming out of the ACC, Michael? Is I mean, so Duke just won the tournament. Miami has been pretty good this year. UVA has always got a weird defense to prep for on a short. If you're not familiar with it, I, frankly, Florida state usually tears it apart, but if you're not familiar with it, it can be tricky. Mm-hmm. Anything from the ACC?
1: Yeah. You know, the, the, you know, sticking with the, with the statistical approach, you, you, you do not win tournaments NCAA tournaments without multiple first round draft picks. Mm. Um, and Duke would be the team from, from ACC that has multiple uh, first round draft picks at least i would assume that they do i don't really follow the mock drafts but they have they filipowski have a- is for sure yeah. a first mm-hmm. rounder
0: i imagine lively would be not a mm-hmm. lotto pick but just because of his rim protection like you just can't find that kind of rim protection right. everywhere so that's probably at least two and then you know proctor maybe proctor or,
1: or yeah. whitehead could sneak yeah. in there
0: mm-hmm. so
1: yeah that's Virginia- interesting virginia's good but they don't they do not have the talent. I think that it's going you to got take, Gardner. Yeah, and that's but even even if you look at their 2019 team, I mean they had, they had the fourth pick in the draft. Yeah, you know, the team that won the tourney. Yeah, DeAndre and Hunter. Yeah, and, and, and they also had Ty room. Yeah, yeah, they had three draft picks on that team.
0: Didn't didn't UVA just have an injury? Am I? Uh... They
1: did uh, to the mustache dude. Um, mm, their rebounding presence. Yeah, and he can shoot, and I think he's he's kind of key to their small ball offense. Mm. Um, ben Vanderplas. he's a that's right, yeah, he's a transfer. He can he can stretch a defense. He came over from Ohio. He's tough. He's you know he's a typical Virginia guy, um, and he's got offensive skills that Caden Shedrick does not. Ha- Caden Shedrick does not have. So maybe um, fade UVA if they're in a tricky second round or or against one of those. Upstart, uh,
0: teams. Speaking of upstart teams, I mentioned Dusty May earlier. I had no idea until we were prepping for this podcast that Florida Atlantic is the twenty-fifth best team in Ken. I mean, they're thirty-one and three. They whooped UF earlier this year. Um, I mean, they would beat the shit out of Florida State. Let's just oh, yeah. put that on uh-huh. the table. That we would—they're basically a, a huge center and a team of guards. We would have no chance containing their guards off the dribble um i really haven't watched I, I did actually catch a little of that uf game i haven't watched them play a whole lot though but i don't know can fau make a run they're 31 and three
1: yeah i mean it depends on on the bracket obviously you know that's, that's the thing but teams that are used to winning are really hard to beat you know it's once you've won 31 games like you're you're going into whatever arena they're going to be in with a shitload of confidence and they are convinced that they can beat somebody, and they're likely going to get matched up against some crap middling high major, yeah. yeah, some ACC team that that finished in fifth place or something, right, and right, or not play, used to win. They play pit
0: or something like yeah. that,
1: uh-huh. you know. Yeah, so I, I like those those teams to win early and just, but just not go very far.
0: Well, and FAU can do another thing that helps you in March, which is shoot the absolute yeah. net off the rim.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um they've got a guy too, if if you're interested in watching the NCAA tournament for transfers, which which I like to do. I don't know a whole lot of them yet, but you know, by by the second weekend, you can start to maybe pick some out. Um, John L. Davis is a guy, though, that's been on the radar or on my radar at least for for a few months now. He's a big, strong kind of wing guard wing ish guy i mean i think he plays the 3-4 in their system but it's really because they're a four out one in um but i mean 40 percent from three six four 200 pounds really mm. good rebounder I mean, that, that sounds like someone who yeah. would be a fit in a leonard hamilton system
1: <laughs> yeah turn on the, the 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 play-in games which i hate you know the the 16 versus 16 that they do and, and, mm-hmm, uh, Dayton. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you're going to see somebody who would start for Florida state right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that, that could be interesting. Um, yeah. So it, can I be a whiny bitch for a second?
1: <laughs> Why not?
0: I hope Alabama loses really early. Yeah. I, I, I am, I'll admit it. I am so butthurt and jealous their team reminds me a lot of our Devin Vassell, Patrick Williams, Trent Forrest, COVID, the team that didn't get it that was going to be a, yeah. a two seed probably. Um, maybe a one if we won the ACC tournament, yeah. which I think we would have. And and by the way, Alabama gets to play in Birmingham mm-hmm. and then and then to go to I think it would be Houston's the final four, right? Which is not that far away and then you know that's Florida State that year would have been in Orlando. And then gone to Atlanta for the Final Four. They they have shooters on the court. They have a superstar freshman like FSU was starting to see with with uh, Patrick Williams. They have multiple lotto picks. They have a gritty, good leader point guard and Javon Quinterly, which was our Trent Forrest and i'm really just jealous that that fan base gets to see their once in a generation team go and and play and we didn't and i i'm having a hard time like rectifying like reconciling that so i really hope they lose like the first well they're not going to lose the first round i hope they lose the second round is that bad
1: no i i hope they i hope they lose and they killed to, somebody for the 16 seat. Yeah, they got there. Yeah, they their... killed somebody. <laughs> but he only played in 6 games. So, I mean, the guy the guy who's in jail for murder. Um Yeah, you know, Alabama's not going to appreciate it. They're the fan base. They're used to winning everything. And so, exactly. of course, you know.
0: Do we really so... need them to have a great uh, a great run to the championship game in basketball All right. too?
1: All right. Let's let let's let Missouri be the be the SEC team we root for.
0: I tell you what, though Brandon Miller, so good. He is so good. It's unbelievable. If he was not born in the same year that Victor Wimbiana and Scoot Mm -hmm. Henderson, I mean Brandon Miller is probably better than any number one pick in the last four or five years. I mean, he is so good. Unfortunately, there's this guy that's like seven four that dribbles like Kyrie, and I, I don't know. He's not going to be the number one pick. That's, that's almost a foregone conclusion. But I'll tell you what, in college, man, he—I don't. It'll be the best player we've seen playing in the NCAA tournament. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I don't. I would need to look at maybe go back. Maybe since Jason Tatum, I, he's mm-hmm. a
1: really, really good basketball player. Yeah, he, it's definitely the best player that i've seen this year
0: um i mean i know zach he's probably going to win player of the year mm-hmm. because his numbers are just stupid
1: yeah i'm trying to I'm trying to think back i mean it's like there were years with like luca garzo was the best player in the ncaa and he's just trey young maybe josh hart those are some really good good college players but he's better than yeah he's better than all Dude, of
0: he is really really good he is real yeah.
1: good, man. Which is all the more frustrating. Right. So we hope you lose, Brandon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so there was, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe an inappropriate joke. Uh, who cares? Uh, the is like, he's really, really good at setting his teammate up for shots. Uh, is. <laughs> yeah.
1: you know. Nobody's going to be listening by this point in the podcast. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. It's going way <laughs> off
0: hill. All right. Well, so, uh, there, if you're trying to fill out your bracket, those are some teams that, um, I, I you know, I would probably have picked UCLA if, until they just had maybe their best defensive player get hurt for the season, which is that's gosh, now those are the kids you feel for. You've worked Mm -hmm. this entire time and and now you're hurt. I, UCLA to me might've been, might've been it. And I don't think you can ever coach count out a bill self coach team. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Kansas, who is the defending champ. So know that going in, right? Like not often that you actually get back to backs, but it happens, happens.
1: Yeah. I, I, I probably will pencil them in for the final four just because it's Kansas,
0: Kansas. Yeah. I think they're a great choice to go to the final mm-hmm. four. And then maybe if you want to mix it up and try to pick someone else to actually win your bracket. Uh, cause, cause you can't just pick everything that everyone else has mm-hmm. if you want right. to win. Yeah. So, all right, well um, I'm going to watch those 16 versus 16s for transfers. I'm going to hope that, I don't know, do we want John L Davis at FAU? You want him to have a good game to get some experience. You don't want them to go too far because then he thinks, why would I transfer? I can just stay here and make the sweet 16. Um, yeah. Or, you don't want him to get hurt. You that's want, true. That's yeah. true.
1: Um, I don't know that we'll be, Florida State would be able to afford somebody that, 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 who's that good, but. That's you, true. He will probably
0: get offers from yeah. Texas and Kentucky. So, mm-hmm. yeah, valid point there. Well, Maybe we'll have a good team again one day.
1: Uh, <laughs> We've got football.
0: Yeah. We need football to do really well so that we can take some, of the money, some money and yeah. roll it over. We need to get out. We need to go to the Big Ten is what we need to do. And then um, then we can afford some of these other things. Um, okay. Well, it's been fun chatting with you. Maybe uh, – I don't think we'll talk Florida State much until – I mean, until something happens, until we get some transfers or something like that. Maybe, though, we can come back and do a quick one um, – you know, before the Sweet Sixteen or something like that, uh, if if there's some interest there, but um, I think the next the next real the next real thing for Florida State fans to look for is so so do we start seeing announcements first first of players leaving because mm-hmm. Hamilton has made it extremely clear that he is bringing in transfers that he has said that I'm bringing I'm fixing it I'll bring in transfers off the record he's kind of it seems like he already has guys in mind but. So the first thing you need is to hear some guys leaving, right? Because we don't have any open spots unless someone
1: leaves. Right. We do not have any open spots, but the basketball porter, portal works sl- more slow, more slowly than the football portal. The football is just like everything happens in like a week and it's like, holy yeah. shit, all these new players. Um, basketball, you know, tends to play out over, you know, a month or two. Um, so it'll... I, we're going to see announcements of people not being back, but when that actually happens, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens while we're talking right now, or if it happens three right. weeks from now. Well, as Leonard told me, walking out of the parking lot uh, after
0: whatever our last home game was, keep your eyes open. Yeah. So I guess uh, keep your eyes open. It's been good chatting with you. Good luck on your, your bracket. And uh, let's, let's watch the good end of the golf too. Sounds good. Bye.